0: Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today for the Three Circle Church Podcast. I'm really excited about the series that we just kicked off called Seven, the Seven Churches of Revelation. We're in the book of Revelation, and hopefully week one, uh, we were able to pull some of the mystery out of the book, because I think a lot of us think it's about dragons and uh, horned lions coming out of the ocean (laughs) and who's the Antichrist, and really the book is so much more practical. Well, today on the podcast, I have one of my really great, one of my best uh, ministry friends, and he's uh, a local pastor here in Fairhope, where we are today. Uh, his name is Johnny Hunt, Johnny Pastor Celebration Church, a dynamic, growing church. And he and I got here to at about the same time to this community, and I just love Johnny. I think he's one of the best preachers in our region and a great man and a, and a great dad and husband. And so, Johnny, welcome to the podcast, and I'm hugely honored to have you with us today.
1: Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you uh, giving the opportunity to be here. I, you know, I can echo a lot of the same. Uh, being here, celebrated seven years yesterday. Wow. Being voted in, so it's great. Uh, I can say celebrate, but it's always a, a challenge, right? You know, it's a, it's a reward, and um, I can say with integrity that you've been probably one of the the best pastors to me in the area through the season and
0: coming and welcoming me, and then just keeping in touch through the time. And awesome. so it's been good. Well, Johnny, we love what you guys are doing at Celebration, and uh, it's really cool to pastor in a community where you love the other guys that mm-hmm. we're on the same team. And what's cool is our churches are different, and we have different backgrounds and different flavor, if you will. And uh, but what's really cool is we can lock arms on the gospel and on mm-hmm. our love for Christ. And uh, so, and you and I coach against each other, yeah, right? We, do. we, we are do. Uh, we're sometimes enemies. I ain't never been personal there. It's <laughs> never been personal, <laughs> unless you beat us too bad, yeah. and then now yeah. we're gonna have a problem. We were practicing. <laughs> (laughs) Yesterday, I thought we were playing y'all
1: tonight. Yeah. and then we only get to play each other if we both win. That's night, right. We both forward. have to. We, we might end up
0: little, in the championship A little game. presumptuous. So, Johnny, we are, we just kicked off a series and I was, I, I thought about you immediately just with your your knowledge of the Word and and just a powerful preacher. I, I just wanted you to come in and kind of have a conversation. We just taught this past weekend on the Church of Ephesus. So, Jesus shows up in the book of Revelation, Isle of Patmos. Mm-hmm. John is an old man now. He turns around and he sees what he saw when he was a young man on the Mount of Transfiguration, right? Which is interesting to me that John had seen this before, Jesus in his glory. But again, he's driven to the ground and Jesus picks him up and says, look, I need you to write these things down. And there he is standing in these seven lampstands. And the first church... Uh, in Revelation that he's going to speak to is the church of Ephesus. And I just thought it'd be cool if, if, if I just read, again, kind of yeah. what he says to them, and then we'll just mm-hmm. kind of talk about mm-hmm. it. So Revelation 2, it says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they're apostles and are not, and you have found them liars. And you have persevered, and you have patience, and you've labored for my name's sake, and I have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, and do The first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this you have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. So, man, such a such a powerful letter, basically, to this church of Ephesus. So, when you hear that, Johnny, I know that you're in you're teaching in Colossians right right now. Yeah. And what are the connections between the Ephesus church and the church of the Colossians?
1: So the Colossian church would be basically what we would see as a church plant or a satellite campus of the church of Ephesus. And the letter that Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus, one of his better letters, right? for sure. It's deep, it's great in foundational truth, Jesus being the chief cornerstone. So we know that they're— Armor of God. Yeah. I mean, there's so much—I mean— uh, Colossians 3 uh, mimics Ephesians 5 right. and a lot of the family set yes. And so kind of some of the teaching that you see through it is the supremacy of Christ. Right. Then what the impact it has on your life, the things you take off and you put on, the armor of God in Ephesians, then in Colossians, they take off these things. Like in the Greek, it says like a dirty shirt, tear it off right. and throw it away. Right. To where in the – and then he says, now you've taken that off, put this on.
0: Yeah.
1: And then it gets into the most important relationships that you deal with outside of your relationship with Christ is your marriage, your children, okay, and your work.
0: Gotcha. And so
1: we're kind of in so every
0: area of life that yes, we all deal absolutely.
1: with. absolutely. Because so you know it's major. What's your from, series called? So right now it's called uh, Family Portraits. Could
0: our guys go on your website and hear? Yeah. yeah. Celebration Church. Go to website
1: Church. to the app. Go right. to our Facebook page. Any of that stuff, and they can watch it if they if awesome. they want to. And. So we we dealt with uh, marriage this past week, and okay. then we'll deal with parenting uh, this next week. And so you know, you start talking about things like wives submit. So again, that those are are great points for yeah. every uh, Southern Alabama redneck. They love those two <laughs> words, right? But then the following of that, and how right. important it is to speak to your wife, to honor your wife, and don't be harsh with her. Mm. That you would cause bitterness in her. That is. Uh, you know us both being pastors right. through the years doing so much counseling, oh man, as you see that, if that bitterness sets in, yeah, so a wife has no issue following a godly leader, so true if if he loves her so and honors her, it's when
0: we lead like Christ, we absolutely. open the door to the very things mm-hmm. God's calling us to do, right,
1: yeah, and so for me when we when you read that and looking at it and having the opportunity to speak with you, I look at a church that is referenced as one of the pillars, right. Strong foundational church through yeah.
0: in, in the area. It may be the most important church yeah. on this list, really, as mm-hmm. far as the impact it was having, right?
1: And he's and he's commemorating he's oh, he's yeah. giving them great uh he's said pretty much right.
0: kudos to you. Let's talk about that for a second, Johnny. The, before he corrects them, mm-hmm. he basically celebrates them, mm-hmm. right? So a few things I see when you look at that is is number one, they were busy. Yeah. They were a busy church. Yes. I know you and I lead busy churches. You're you're leading a dynamic church celebration. Uh, What is the danger for churches like ours that not only are busy churches, but we are full of busy people? I know your congregants are a lot like Mm -hmm. mine. They're busy, man. How does busyness uh, become a negative thing for a church?
1: Busyness becomes a a negative thing for a church because you become a human doing instead of a human being. You become so driven Mm -hmm. in the way that... You know, I've got to do this, and it becomes about your checklist. And we're, you know, so many uh, leadership resources now where we've kind of intermingled the business world and with the church world, and so it's about what Mm. we can be effective, uh, you know, instead of what we can affect. And so uh, making the best of our time, and then we're busy not just with our – spiritual lives, but with our professional lives and then our family, and and which we know the correct order to put them in, but when you have children and you're involved in many different things in the community and you're pastoring, or if you're just a person being faithful in church, you've got so many things that you're a part of that how can you do the right Mm -hmm. thing in staying balanced? Uh, in those, so he gives them the wins, yeah. right? And and so when you give someone the wins, they usually receive a little better. Yeah, right. You know, going, hey, here's some things that you yeah. do well.
0: He sets them up well. Oh yeah, he
1: sets them up. And they're like, yeah, we do that well. well them Nicolaitans, we
0: don't like them. Right, right. You know, yeah. Well, you, know. you make an interesting point there because I I do think that we can learn from. The business world, mm-hmm. and we can learn from best practices, yes. right? But sometimes if we're not careful, man, it can really sneak into everything we're doing mm-hmm. as a church. And you can learn.
1: I mean, there's. I'm a fan of learning from, from organizations sure. that are effective and do great things. But at the end of the day, in ministry, we're not professionals. We're still a church. Yeah, we're still a church. It's, right. it's the gospel message. We get to yeah. tell the same story every week about right. the goodness and the grace of Jesus Christ. and hmm. um, So we're driven to do the right things. You know, we if we were to line your church and our church up at our core values, we're very similar, I'm sure. 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 You know, to to having a life changing encounter with Jesus Christ for all that are lost to come Mm -hmm. to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ to reach our world starting in our home place, all of those things are going to be very similar. And I think being in the South, we know a lot of the duties of being a church person. Right. You know, we we know how to look the part. We yeah. know how to do all of those things. And most of the time, you can have a conversation with anyone in our community, and they're going to name churches that we're familiar mm-hmm. with that they go to sometimes. Yes. I meet people uh, in the community that go to my church that I've never met, just the same <laughs> sure. make you smile at Walmart at everybody, oh, right? yes. Yes, and, it does. And so there are a lot of people that, that have a head knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, and they may even apply that. Uh, in, in a lot of parts, lots of um, parts of their lives. Yep. But at the core, do they love Jesus passionately? So That's I would it. form it in the question of, Chris Bell, when you came to Jesus Christ, you know, I've heard you share a little bit of the story in Mississippi. Right. And
0: when you came to Christ, what was the dream of your life? Right. Right. Well, that's a great question that I think we all should ask and and honestly, I can see, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. I can see how the church of Ephesus got to where they were. Yeah. Because you know they started off, like you're asking me, mm-hmm. at 12 years old, I give yeah. my life to Jesus. I'm like, I just want to I want to tell everyone about mm-hmm. Christ. I want to give my life, lay it down at his feet. There was this passion. As mm-hmm. John Piper says, mm-hmm. there was this desire that was on fire inside of mm-hmm. me for Jesus. But what ends up happening, in, in a, and I would love your opinion on how you avoid it as a pastor in a church, how does it just become a motion instead of a heart? And that's what we're going to say Sunday is, you know, or, or what we just said Sunday is that this it's not just a, a motion. It's got to mm-hmm. be a heart devotion. Yes. And how, how do you move, if you're not careful, from devotion to just being all this busyness yeah. and motion?
1: Well, on a personal level, it comes down to – you know, what you do out of duty and what you do out of delight. Oh, that's good. And so when I came to Christ— Say that again, a,
0: Johnny, two big words you just said. There's duty a difference between duty and, and delight. Duty, delight. So good, yeah.
1: man. And uh, when I first came to Christ, I was 19 years old, saved in premarital counseling. So it was a God story, 180-degree turnaround. It was a, you know, it's our testimony. We love it. It's great. It's, uh, it was, but God radically changed this dysfunctional individual. Ministry was the last thing on my mind to do, but because of the opportunities and God's calling and and leading and direction, all those things that kind of lined up to the dream opportunity of Mm -hmm. pastoring a great church on the Eastern shore, when I even know what the Eastern shore was of the Mobile Bay. And I can tell you at times through the busyness and the drain and the, the sucking out of life that can take place from all the responsibilities that you have. As I look at a time where I lost the joy and the mm-hmm. awe and the wonder of what God had given me the opportunity to be. And for me as a pastor, it's one thing, but you know, when you look at lay leadership or just laity in general, how many times are people just going through the motions? They're not in some deep dark sin. Right. They're not they're not running around on their spouse. Sure. They're not looking at something they shouldn't be looking. At. They're not running around cussing with well, the Church of drunk.
0: Ephesus, Jesus says, You guys have yeah. it right. You got yeah. your doctrine right, mm-hmm. your theology right. I mean mm-hmm. but they, they had lost their yeah. passion.
1: So for me, it became a moment where I pulled onto the campus. We'd encountered a lot of, of, of uh, conflict in the beginning, okay. and I wasn't excited mm-hmm. about being there. And when you lose that excitement and the joy of just loving Jesus, the other things you do are right because the the character that you live by is so strong, but you lose that zeal on the inside. And the best way that I yeah. can frame it is I felt like for a season, I became a person who worked for God full-time but lived for Him part-time. That's good, man. And so—
0: I think we've all been there, Johnny. I really do. Yeah,
1: and I think there are more people that identify with that because that's that's a vulnerability because for someone to hear their pastor say that, they go, oh, man, that that means— I I I thought Johnny was perfect. Yeah, no, not at all. And But (laughs) you don't want to give too much room (laughs) there because then they'll take and run with it. But yeah. I think the, the beauty of it is is that I've always found the arms of Jesus to be wide open mm. to that joy and that delight again. And so I go back to that nineteen year old kid who is was sitting when in you that became office. A Christian? Yeah. 19. nineteen years old for the first time. I'm first generation Christian. Wow. In my family. And we have April and I have worked and fought hard and, and a lot of battles, spiritual battles, so our kids never have to repeat a process of which he saved us out of. Oh, that's good. But at the same time, I want to never lose that joy that I had in the beginning and sometimes sure. the busyness of life. Like if we look and line up our lives and, and people look and, and they will give us a lot more credit than we deserve Oh yeah, because we know who we are and right. nobody else. Right. We, we're still honorable in a lot of ways, but this inward struggle that we have I think it's the beauty that God always has that foundation to work from to say, hey, he who has an ear, let him hear. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at Revelations, that's quoted so many times out of context, they're saying, hey, today, if you don't know Jesus, he who has an ear, no, 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 he's speaking to the church here. Right. He who has an ear, let him hear. And I believe it's if our churches really had the function, not just the form, yeah. then we have no issue inviting, telling, living it out loud, and going, no, no, this is not what I do, this is why I do what yeah. I do. And so, if someone says, "You know, you're you're a good guy. Why is it that you send money overseas right. or or give to local organizations? Why is it you're so driven to help the needy?" And well, it's because Jesus changed my life, and mm-hmm. I love Him. Right. As a preacher, I mean, you understand this as you prepare for a message. I want to have a, a, a red hot devotional life in the Word of God, not just for something I'm Absolutely. going to preach, yep. which can become a challenge because you're preparing so much because right. of the pull of ministry than family, than anything oh, else yeah. that you do extra. So I think people would be shocked as pastors to realize that we are also believers. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? We're struggling to. Yeah.
1: We're struggling to find the balance of yeah, life, man. and we love Jesus for real. Yeah. And we don't want to get to a place where we have to constantly be reminded, hey, mm-hmm. come back to your first love.
0: That's so good. So when I when I look at this scripture, we talked about it Sunday, but I'd love your thoughts on it. What jumped off the page at me first time I read it, mm-hmm. uh, and really began to study it, is the fact that Jesus does not tell them they lost their love mm-hmm. for Him. Uh, he says they left it. Yeah. And when you look at the difference between those two words, one you know to leave something mm-hmm. is intentional. Mm-hmm. It was a choice you made. And in fact, Jesus tells them to go back to where they've fallen. So he he understands that they know where they know exactly where it went wrong. They know where it went sideways, mm-hmm. and uh, and that is so powerful to me because I don't know about you, Johnny, but I lose stuff. I mm-hmm. lose my keys. <laughs> you know, I've lost my kids a few times in a, in a store. <laughs> Thankfully, we found them. <laughs> uh, Good thing is, fair. Yeah, out, I know, right? right? Uh, we lose some. Uh, you know, I can lose stuff, and it's not intentional. when I do, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, or I would go put my hands mm-hmm. on if I can't find it. But there have been times in my life where things got cold spiritually. Distance, you know, things begin to grow on the walls of my heart that didn't Mm -hmm. need to be growing there. And when those things happen, typically I can go back Mm -hmm. to where? I know. I know when I stopped being disciplined in the Word Mm -hmm. of God. I know when I allowed my thought life to to slip. I know when uh, I allowed a root of bitterness to Mm -hmm. come in and didn't forgive. Have you found that to be true for you and maybe even as a church as well, that there's a difference between Mm -hmm. losing and leaving? Yeah. There's a, yes. In the,
1: the left it just kind of losing you know losing track being off track looking like you were like you're referencing I can look back to hurt hurtful moments painful moments uh, criticism does that oh, man. you know uh, when someone's critical of you and you felt it was unwarranted yeah you know we're people too we want to yes. learn but yes. um, you can pick up a fence that way or if you had expectations that weren't met all of those things are struggles yeah, we have as humans and um, and I think we put expectations on people or situations and we desire them to complete us. We tend to leave the very thing that brought us to the moment. And Christ is wanting to be everywhere we go. You know, not just to church with us. Obviously, that's a great place. It's, right. a, it's where we're built up. And we, uh, writer Hebrews says, don't forsake the assembly of ourselves. Again, I think the church is, you know, extremely important. We need to be rooted and grounded in serving and being faithful to the house. Right. And so our kids can learn what it means to be faithful in a sure. in a society that that is a struggle right. in a culture and to um and to see the faithfulness played out of leaving something is going back and rediscovering for me when that situation happens i go back to the moment whenever i have that kind of the you know shepherd boy david moment when i was a no one from mm-hmm. nowhere and no one knew my name right god saw me God picked me, and God anointed me. That's good. And I wouldn't even be where I am with a family. And I start with that first because though I love pastoring, that's not my identity. Right. My identity is a man of God, loving Jesus with all of my heart, returning to that first and embracing and feeling him embrace me again. So I want to keep my ears open. And when I go back to where I left it, it normally is just like you referenced, a, a, a moment where things got cloudy, Yeah. confusing. You know, and and I think it happens, you know, in relationship. So um, the opportunity I think that we have is is relating, you know, our culture, our society, uh, what we deal with on a day in day out basis and to teach our people um, that, you know, you didn't leave it. But you need to return. To, yeah. you, you left it. It's not a it's not a deal to where you have have uh, forsaken it. Right. It's an opportunity to come back to where that moment was that gives you a chance right. to be on fire again. Yep. And to make those moments a
0: little further spread apart. Mm-hmm. But it's a reminder. It's a reminder. It's part of the process, isn't yeah. it? You know, he's he tells them, he he says to the church of Ephesus, I see your works. Mm-hmm. Like I see everything you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're doing a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. But but while they were doing a lot of good things, they had missed the main thing, mm-hmm. and just kind of uh, kind of stretching that out a little bit. I see that pastoring, and I think it's probably true of all communities. Mm-hmm but it seems like the people, and, and my family's the same way, mm-hmm. we're just so busy, Johnny, you know what I mean? And it's like you roll from one sport into another yes. and you're not. we're not even done with basketball and it's already baseball practice time. And there, it's endless. The good things we can do, there's nothing mm-hmm. bad about these things, right? So how do we, just kind of in our closing our time together, uh, what would you say to Three Circle, to Celebration, to all of us about how we can strike that balance to where we 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 don't do so so many good things that it begins to make us miss the best things that everything we do in
1: word or in deed we do to the glory of God of Jesus Christ. So if I'm playing sports and we go from like you're saying from sport to sport right. and opportunity to opportunity, then club ball comes in, travel mm. ball, all mm. those things that make us battle that we used to not in, in a culture right. not too long it's ago. Changed. Yeah. It's changed. And so it could speak of all the things that I'm against in those things, but here's the part that I'm for, is we can make a difference in those settings when we are in love with our relationship with Jesus Christ, is we can make a difference no matter where we are. So if your kids are gifted to play a sport, they do it for the glory of God, yeah. never for the the, the self-glorification good, of man. what can come for it. Uh, that if you pastor the, the biggest megachurch in the state of Alabama, well, that's good, as long as it's for the glory of God. Same mm-hmm. difference here is is making sure that everything we do is rooted in who we are, not what we do, because we can right. look apart without being the part. We've learned it's the same thing with worship. Uh, worship was never meant to be an industry. It was always meant to be a lifestyle. Yeah, you know, and so that's part that's of good. what in the study notes that I have in this in Ephesians they were doing all the things right, worship and all of that. Right, we can sing the beautiful songs. We can have the band build they had it. Good up. production. Though, oh, I'm absolutely, thinking. man! You and I are both musicians <laughs> and yeah. singers. We, we yeah. know it's like coming up. We oh yeah. Before there was clicks and loops and oh, tracks right. and Ableton, right. and all that stuff the that deal. they have now. You know, it's when we were having to do it when you just had to keep rhythm. with Dad, do you remember A. Yeah. No. We had a
0: thing called Adad, man. It's just crazy, just the technology that's changed. It's come, Pro Tools it's, and everything. Yeah,
1: it's come a long way, but we don't want to just be people singing great songs about Jesus. We right. want to be a, a people who are singing great songs about the person we have a relationship yeah, with. Man. It's a love song to Jesus that we sing. And I would just encourage the people to take inventory of their life and say, hey, it, you know, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. And I think that if we have between Three Circle and Celebration Church, people that are in love with Jesus, living his principles out, people can tell the difference. Because that's Mm -hmm. the authentic relationship with Jesus Christ that makes the difference. Because people don't want to know just what you know. They want to know how much in love with Christ you are and the way that you love people. No doubt. So honoring people by honoring God the right way. And I think that as the Spirit speaks to our churches, it'll it'll be a unification that we're able
0: to have a great impact on the Eastern Shore, starting here and going around the world. That's awesome, man. Johnny, I can't thank you enough for being willing to come out and share with us. And uh, we love you, your family. We love your church and uh, consider you guys great friends and partners in the gospel. And uh, thanks for sharing your wisdom today. I, I know that I've got four or five big power uh, statements that uh, that you rolled out there, so I'm really appreciative. Yeah, well, it's you know yeah, I will use them in future sermons and not give you credit. Well, all look, right, I'll, hey, I'll say some guy said this once. I'll say,
1: hey guys, I'm starting a new series three weeks from now called Seven.
0: Called Seven.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I got it, but it's Go so good.
0: It. Go for it. You'll probably take my stuff and make it better. <laughs> hey, that's what
1: that's the that's the danger of preaching to preachers, right? Yeah, that's right. Man, They're either going to criticize it. the way you said it or take
0: and preach it like one they think one it ought way or the other. other? But with you, you'll probably make it better. <laughs> no, not well. At hey, all. you and I, uh, we have some basketball games to coach, so good luck in those games. Absolutely. But again, thank you, brother, and uh, the best to you hey, the Celebration Church. Thanks
1: for the opportunity. Same here, man. Same right. for you guys.
0: Thank you guys for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, our hope is the book of Revelation will make more sense to you than it ever has and that you will see that it's really not uh, primarily about the future. It's really about what God wants us to do right now in the here and now, and living for his glory. And like Johnny just said and challenged us to be in love with Jesus. Because when we love him and we delight in him, uh, it becomes something that we desire to do. Uh, So let's make that move from duty to delight. Have a great day.